Hey, Chubbies, we got an old faithful back. We got our boy Nick Donnelly back in town from Nashville. He's going to tell us all about how he uh, has been on the, some some concerts and some tour dates with Hardy and uh, Morgan Wallen. And we got, we got Jimmy Dan from Rare Stitch Project. And, well, you know, one of the coolest things about this episode is Nick Donnelly tells us what it was like to stand in a stadium and have 19,000 people sing a song that he wrote. It was just a, it's a life-changing moment. So tune in, man. Thank you, Chubbies. Hey, Pudge, what time is it's it? It's time for the Chubby guys podcast Woo! gold you gold you gold i think i'm gold man tyler, i need go ahead and kick it off tyler i need this effect this this vocal effect you've got a nice little vocal chain going yeah, on dear. here it's buttery <clears throat> well thank you i work hard at my sound cheers gentlemen Who wants it's, it? it's obvious well tell me when good good tell me I, when. this is kind of nice that you uh that you had the foresight to get the the ice and the water, and you let it kind of. This ain't my first podcast. <laughs> That's what you should put on your mural out there. <laughs> this ain't our first podcast. This ain't our first podcast. No, it. Uh, here we go. Cheers, boys. Welcome yeah, back. Cheers. Welcome back, Donnelly. Dude, it's Jimmy good to be Dan. back. Is this your third? Oh man, I think this is like my fourth or fifth, ain't it? Boy, it could be. I, this is my third with Nick, right? Dude, I don't know. This, I don't this know. would be my third with Nick, and I believe I did two solo. I know I did one. Of Talk the very right first back ones. in that thing. Right back in. Hear, there. hear that little vibrato there in the a in little the, bit of bass. Yeah, I can't hardly hear you. Is your mic on? I don't think so. You hear? You hear? Check, the, check. The difference in it. Talk in there, Jimmy Dan. Yeah. Check one, two. Yeah, it's just yeah. not as loud. It's just not loud. Yeah. Okay. So I'm have to yell at you. Maybe he just doesn't Softy. have the booming voice <laughs> that, that us grown ass men have over here on this side of the table. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, eat, you've been I, eat bear. I eat bear. That's why I, how I got this voice. Have you ever had bear? No, but there's bears running around uh, Franklin Valley now. Mom and Dad said it was right beside their house the other day. Yeah, I don't wonder if that's the same bear. I'd I say there's know. more than one bear. Well, though. there was the, during that same time period. There was like four or five sightings of one. Yeah, so, so you know you saw different things floating around. Yeah, this bear. Crazy and I was like, there was also a was there a mountain lion up in Athens? I saw. Problem. That's also, a real thing. They're out yeah, there. And people thought it was a bobcat or lynx at first, and they were like, no. Then somebody got it on a trail cam. was like, look at the size of that cougar. You know, everybody wants it. Now, like a black bear would be fine, but like that'd be the only animal that we would have here that would that would be. Oh, yeah. The, ma- that, that would the stalk main you. predator. Yeah, that, that you, you yeah. lose. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, they say out in Colorado there'll be elk hunting or whatever, and like in, in mountain lions will come out. I mean, you're talking the size of. I mean, a bike. A <laughs> you bike. Know? You know, a big, a big and bike. And faster than... Some- hey, do you want to help develop your child's athletic ability? Or maybe you want to get off the couch and make yourself a little bit better. They earn the day at AP Prep. Look them up. APprep.info. Hey guys, on behalf of the Chubbies, huge thanks to Geiger Brothers Construction. Give them a call at 740-286-0800. They've been great community supporters, and uh, they are a friend of the Chubby program. So thank you, Geiger Brothers Construction. Come on on yeah, a bike. And faster, yeah. And I mean, if once they start hunting you, that's different. That's that's a different yeah. sport. And they stalk you, too. It's not like they're coming out in front and just... No, they're trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah. They're coming behind they, you. They're like the only animal that kills for fun, felines. I don't want to do this. I forget. You, well, first of all, you got to be smarter than the bottle here. Uh, toast to those, though. What are you doing? Oh, oh! I didn't even get my own pleasure doing it. You dirty prick. Well, we got more. I know that yeah, you would have done the same to me. <laughs> I will next. And time. you would have been here. Let me show you how to do it, bud. God. Cheers on the girls. Yeah, girls. Yeah. 
You didn't get one. You're on the claws. I'm on the claws. claws. So what's new other than the Nashville high rises? You were telling me. Tell me something good. Oh, um, it's good beer. Solid beer. It is very, very good. Uh, on my front, moving around. I just got settled in. I moved yeah, in moved. to a new place. Got some got some new digs. Um, oh, this is interesting. Uh, I picked up a gig once a week at the nearby uh, golf course. Yeah. And on Wednesday, uh, if you're ever around the uh, the Sylvan Park area of, of Nashville and you want to play golf, you can come over to my golf course, McCabe Golf Course, municipality. And uh, I volunteer for five hours, and I get free damn golf. And it's pretty tight. So and what, I'm getting good at golf, too, what, because <laughs> I get free golf balls. Like, it's it's tight. What does your volunteering include like yeah like are you picking up trash or no um fishing out golf actually to to be on one the golf course is really easy there's there's no water and if you ever want to break 80 that's where that's where you go do it um no so and i've only done it three weeks and i think essentially it's going to come down to me just spraying off golf carts getting them ready for people that are ready to golf so you just line them up make sure that they're clean and then when they get Take done, trash out. when they get done, you pull them around, you spray them off, and you put them back in the, the shelter, kind of. And then uh, I work the driving range too when they need help because it is a a very highly like it's the you highest traffic. You get built. I have not got hit yet, but they have. You get to drive the cart. I get the picker. Yeah. Oh. And it's actually awesome, and it's cool. It's kind of like you know how you have that when you're when you're mowing lawn or you know whatever whatever fill in the blank. You have that kind of like dead space, that thought in your brain where you've got kind of like a a, a buzz. You've got a sound, a very, very like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A consistent kind of calming sound, and you kind of get lost in thought. And you're you're kind of in reality, but you're really not. And you, what about you, all the golf balls peppering your thing? But I haven't been hit yet is what I'm saying. Oh, they haven't hit your car? No, not, ha- not, not yet. I But they did hit, uh, I, apparently the week before I did it, one of the golf balls broke the the glass like it, it cracked it and they put tape on it and i'm like i'm not <laughs> i'm like not like a scientist by any means but i'm sure that that tape is not going right. to hold a, a five iron coming at you from 200 yards away but um yeah it's cool i, I get to think and uh you know you're just cutting your lines and a little structure a little structure too yeah and it's getting me up early mm-hmm. and i have noticed that has that i was getting in a really bad habit of sleeping in late and the, the longer you wait to get sun on you uh the more depressed you probably are because you, your body needs sun and you need it quick out of the gate and i've noticed that on days that i got up and do that one because i feel fulfilled because i went and did something and i had some purpose but i know that getting sun and being active really early allows me to like peak earlier which means i go to bed earlier that night yeah and it's just uh it's just it's that's pr- a late town it can be yeah I mean, so what do you? I mean, here you are. I mean, at our age, what are you doing? How are you, how are you juggling that? Uh, I just, you know, you got to pick and choose your times. You can't yeah. be doing it all the time. You can't let it become a habit. Uh, it can't be part of your thing. Uh, whiskey is so prevalent down there; it's not even funny. I mean, everybody that I've ever known, other, other than you and maybe CJ, everybody else has been on the on the whiskey hard down there. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just listen to my body. You know, we were talking about that before. Yeah. I, I know what it makes me feel like if I drink a lot of it. And to to be honest, it doesn't enhance my night that much more. You know, it's cool to have one or so. I got a buddy that drinks double makers and 
And he told me uh, a few months ago, he goes, man, I really want to thank you for for talking me out of drinking these this bourbon all the time because he only hangs for about like an hour and a half and then then he's gone like he'll hillbilly slip you he just like the conversation kind of ends you know yeah and i'm like well damn it i thought we were gonna hang out a little longer than this (laughs) and i told him i said dude you got to start valuing the hang the hang is why we're doing this it's not it's not the makers that's that's not why we're hanging out together you know and uh he stopped doing it for a long time and then he started drinking these seltzers with me and he was like he felt better every day and he was like dude that was fun last night and i remember it you know <laughs> this whiskey boy it'll take you blacking out style yeah, get, yeah get you wobbly that, you doing a lot for anybody um i do the bourbon but not a lot um big fan of the buffalo trace yeah um, smooth ain't it's it. like a celebratory drink yeah and went down to the bourbon trail my uh, in-laws did and brought me back some stuff and we uh, unfortunately had to miss miss it, canceled out. So I was kind of disappointed. But I've been on some of the stuff, you know, get the Mitchers. Yeah. And you can definitely tell the difference between good and bad. I've, I can't really, I mean, but, some of those whiskeys are hot. Like I didn't, there's scotch. I don't like scotch at all. Oh, see, I, a little bit you of like scotch. scotch? Yeah, Man, Reynolds said there. it the best I ever heard it. He uh, said it. Did you hear him tell him that night? He goes, tastes like somebody puke in your mouth. And I said, tastes like somebody puke in your mouth. <laughs> and I said, it does. Now, I'm a big fan of the Glen Levet. I'm a oh. big, big advocate for it. Is I that how you it. pronounce it? Glen Levet? I mean, probably not. <laughs> Glen Levet? Or is that how you say it? That's I would say it's Glen Levet. And it's not Glen Fittich. It's Glen Fittich. It is okay. it? Mm-hmm. I learned, I learned this whenever He's I was a bartender. Bar- See, you I bartender. should probably know how to say what you're drinking. Yeah. Right? Uh, in my many years of, of serving, the, my favorite one and the most prominent one mistake was. Uh, I'll have the salmon. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's really hard to not repeat the because you know you're With supposed to re you're you're supposed to repeat it back so you don't mess up the order, you know. And there was there was a little bit of like joy that came whenever you got to say, and you'll have the salmon. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, back at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But bourbon though, it's a crazy thing. It's kind of taken off again. It seems like here over the last what five years or so. Sure has, and it's it's kind of came back because I I mean it seemed like earlier on whiskey you know was kind of the big thing and then it kind of went through the eighties to the nineties and it kind of stopped and then it wasn't it wasn't anymore. You got into your rums and your vodkas. Why do you think that is? I, trends maybe. I mean culture, but now it seems to be and it's like craft beer a lot, which we all love, right? I mean, I think we can mm-hmm. get to that. It's kind of went to. Maybe the culture, the trend, more of craft beer as opposed to your options. normal Bud Light. We no want light. options. Yeah, you want options, and you have different people find different likenesses. And then I think they tend to gravitate towards that, too. I know, you know, bourbon drinkers, you, that's easy to hang out with. You can talk to mm-hmm. somebody about bourbon for, you know, how long, just like the weather. Yeah. And, you know, same thing with craft beers and different things. Like, oh, I like IPAs. I'm a stout guy. I think, you know, more people, you know, you got more options, like you said. Yeah. So. Hey, not to change the subject. <clears throat> you two guys tuned in to, and watched the Woodstock '99 doc. On I heard it's great, dude. I, it'll take you right back. I normally to watch a lot of those. Is it? Is yeah. I mean, now I didn't realize all that went on. It was Did a, you? it was a huge, huge, massive failure, right? Uh, well, oh, it's colossal. Yeah. I mean, like put Firefest to kind of to shame. 
No, Firefest no. Fire documentary. Fi- yeah, yeah. Fire, Firefest just didn't happen, basically. I mean, it yeah, did, but it they just took their money. Yeah, <laughs> he just he was a fraud. And they, did, and they didn't have toilets. What they did on <laughs> this beds. on Woodstock is is they didn't plan very well, and it turned on them. Like it was probably what I took away from it was it, it was the start of like the commercialization of music. Like they they started off with this Woodstock theme, supposed to be all peace, love, and happiness, and then they turned it into a money making venture. And, and you know, it's it's a crazy thing, you know, because peace, love, and money. <laughs> well, but it's a hey, crazy. Looking, hey, let's all have peace. Here's limp biscuit. Well, yeah, but, I was but, but, say, but, Nirvana isn't exactly like that's some pretty. Well, they, they were gone. They that's were pretty gone, angsty. Yeah. But but what I'm saying, they see. But here they were saying like, let the music be your guys. If this is what you like to listen, like Corn was a Friday night headliner, and then Fred Durr. First, yeah. put these people. I might have seen this. A while. Is it new or is it? It's pretty new. It's I thought it was new. It, it yeah. was, it's a new release. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. I've seen an older one about it. Yep. How Fred Durst was kind of <laughs> f you. I'm going to do what I want to do. Crowd surf all this. Well, no, well, that and he he kind of like lit him up. Like he he was the one because like we got down to like they were literally like watch this thing, dude, and they thought that they were going through like. Um, like you know how concerts and there'll be a muddy area and water runoff somewhere or whatever and they thought that they were like sliding in like the rainwater and and sewage shit. piss and shit oh yeah like yeah, see, i've seen one similar to that I and, and they just didn't know like they just so there's two i think they said 250 200,000 people there and i mean they just they didn't have the porta johns they were running out of everything it was scalding hot and they just lit this entire place on fire like literally on fire yeah and just so much you mean damage. The, the, the fans did yeah once they realized it was gone to shit but like you guys will appreciate this if you watch it there's this part in it where they talk about the the crowd okay and they talk about the the uh, demographic of who that crowd was and we were one of those at that time but i mean it is your um Abercrombie and Fitch wearing or just your you know your your we were the your product middle, it's your product class, of the time it was middle middle white class kid. white kids yeah and and they just are you and going I'm, down the DMX road because I think I've heard that no too. no okay. I'm going down the road of I remember those guys and I mean and I was probably we were all touched that you know yeah. to an extent and you know I didn't like seeing that again. Because that was like one of those time periods where like, and they talk about it on there, like they, for the first time in our lives, you've got now these 30 somethings and 40s and 50 somethings that are running these vice channels and Netflix. And now they're given their description of what that was. And to hear it back, it's like, yeah, cringy. It is kind of, I mean, you know, cause it was just so ego, just, you know, guys, you know, they were talking about like the girls crowd surfing and like, I mean, off oh, tops and stuff. oh, it was horrible, yeah. horrible Absolutely. what they were doing. I mean, just I think I've seen, I think and I mean, I'm not saying that you know we ever had any part in something like that, but I knew guys that would have. I mean, that, that was just a very ego time for a certain group of people. I think it's just, I'm not going to chalk it up to those people are good folks, but because they might still be good folks, but. At that age, you do some dumb, dumb you know what? Shit, That's man. a great point because I, you show me anybody that can't look at themselves from age eighteen to twenty five and go, "Who has a dumbass?" Right and I'll there. tell you what, <laughs> and I t- I'll tell you this. I, I think uh, one of the things that the phones and social media has done uh, great because we, I always bang. I'm always, I'm kind of against it, but I, I know that these kids have grown up quicker and they don't, they can't mess up as obviously now. 
is what we could back then because there's phones everywhere. So they got to be on their P's and Q's, you know. Well, yeah, if social media and phones did anything, is it cleaned us up? Yeah, at least, um, you know, at least from a very uh, one, one degree, like yeah. just, yeah. Like yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't go out and do the things that I used to see because you can't get away with it anymore. Think of that. You got 200,000 people there and not a picture being taken. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, from a phone. Maybe it was a disposable camera. I remember Casey Chamberlain had the first uh, picture phone that I can remember. And I was working in the mines. And I just remember having a conversation with one of the guys on the CB. And I was like, yeah, man, my roommate just got the cell phone. And it takes pictures. And I think whenever I said it takes pictures, it actually had a camera that you like plugged into it. And you could take a picture and it would like throw it on your phone. And it was like some flip phone. That would have probably been an O2, maybe. It was like a Razor? No. I, gra- I graduated in 2000, and I got a cell phone. And I had voice memo and text, and I could hit a button. and like, Because I went to Marshall that year, and that was kind of part of my graduation gifts. And I had a, a, a flip phone that I could just be like, call call home, and it would. And was I it remember- that Sprint one? Yeah. The gray one yeah. that you still it, had your senior year of college? Probably. No, no, I got a Nokia, I, but but I had that until like almost the very end, the, and it was a badass phone. And I remember feeling like, dude, I'm in the future. Blue LED. It wasn't that all, one on the screen. It wasn't that one. I don't think. Oh, uh, I had the uh, like was gray. Like the, the it spun up, and you had a keyboard. Oh, oh yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah, and then it had cameras, and you could even listen to like XM satellite radio on it. Yeah, I remember Thomas Stevens had one, and it almost and I looked thought it like was the greatest thing ever. And it was, bo- I mean, it was like this thick. I mean, at that time, it was the greatest thing. It, it was. was, it was. And then my my next upgrade was to the very first iPhone. I remember going to Galpolis and like, hey, do you got the iPhone? They're like, yeah. And I was like, the very first iPhone. I wish I still had the thing. Can you me. imagine like Price stealing the wrapper? A lot of money. Yeah, I think I put a Bob Marley sticker on the back. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be worth That's too much. Hilarious. What year was that? Oh four, oh five. Um, no, it would have been after that because I was working and I graduated college in 06, so probably around 07-ish, maybe 06, 07-ish, somewhere in between there. So that first iPhone, how many apps, like, how, it how? It didn't have an app store then. You didn't have an app store. It just had, like, your basic, I don't even think I had a flashlight. It was like you had your phone, like, yeah, I have the green It was button. just touchscreen. Touchscreen, you had text, um, weather, like notes, maybe a calculator, couple other things i mean there was no there, there, you was couldn't just, switch between screens you it know was what just I mean? built, you built flip in over apps. to the next yeah. Yeah, yeah that was it and then you would have to update them so often too um but i remember i had that and then did I you think, ever do the blackberries i, I had a blackberry no, i went from the iphone to the iphone 4 to the iphone yeah. 8 to the iphone i think what this one is like 13 or something you ever yeah. do droid android i i've never done anything since that Purse. I'm just so scared to death of Switching being in a text over. thread with green text. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, isn't that so awful? Yeah. Why are people doing that? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, that's <laughs> tough, man. You can't do pictures. You can't. I mean, it's you it's awful. Kick, you can't kick people out of the group. You can't. <laughs> nope. I not if, know not if one person in the group. You might as well just say you should put have a disclaimer like a default every time that you text in a thread with a green text. You should say, and also I am a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're getting a little bit on the people who have got all these, you know. And and I like the iPhone. I hate the, I hate and, the fact that I have to have this iPhone probably for the rest of my life. They got me. It's sad. It's sad, but they've probably got me. Well, yeah. Until Elon Musk comes out with one, and then everybody's gonna switch over, right? 
Elon Musk. Hey, did I tell you that? So he's, uh, he's so smart phone. sometimes, and then he speaking says the dumbest thing. Speaking of those that happen to have them, I told you about the mind about going dead in New York City, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your iPhone? Do you, oh, should yeah. you, should should you tell that yeah, story? Yeah, I'll tell that story. I'll tell that story. So, Jimmy Dan, right. yeah, I'm right in the middle of Times Square, okay? Nine o'clock at night. My phone is down to like 2%, and I can't. That's, that's my lifeblood. That's my Google Maps. That's everything. Well, what happens? I get diarrhea right in the middle of Times Square, nine o'clock at night, post pandemic. Okay. Nobody's letting you use their public restrooms. You ain't lived until you've had diarrhea in Times Square. I mean, you ain't lived. You, you, you really can't. They won't let you use a restroom. Yeah. So I just had to hold it. Could you go in and order like a beer? I went to Margaret. This was diarrhea. This wasn't a one-stop shop. This was this was a five or six-run attempt. So I mean, I went one time at Margarita, but it was in for the night. What's that scene in Bridesmaids where the girl is wearing the dress or whatever, and she was oh, trying yeah. to run across yeah. the street? Yeah, I mean, what I, you should have done. You I did. just clinched, and I just clinched and just took it. And I, and I mean, it was awful. But You'll never be the that same. phone, I, I'm pretty sure it was where I, I got so nervous that day because I was Google mapping everywhere I went. Well, my phone went dead, or it was about to die. Yeah. Well, that was my lifeblood in and out of the city. I mean, I didn't even know my hotel address. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just all in my phone. You know, you was doing it all via Lyft and Uber, so I mean, it, your location was whatever. I didn't even know my hotel. <laughs> and Mindy's phone, same way. We we were both down to like two or three percent, and trying trying to figure out how we gonna get home. And I and that started like it got down to five percent at like seven p.m. Just a couple bum fucks hanging oh, out. Oh my in New god! York and I thought, my god, I got my child with me. I thought, how am I gonna get back? I th- I mean, it's sleeping in a cardboard box. And I mean, it's just so big. So I mean, uh, yeah, and so fast, so fast, and nobody gives two shits about yeah. anybody. Oh man, that, that was a different. That's a working city, dude. That in, that that flow is amazing. How they move around. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, to watch that. I haven't been in like 15 years, so it's probably changed a lot. But when I was there, it was like, it was hard to even walk on the sidewalk if you're not used to it. You know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a country stroller just going down. Yeah, the yeah you're, and, if you're looking and up you're like looking, this, yeah, you're looking you're around tourist. and you're like, look at all this. And people are just running you over and nudging you. It kind of felt like you don't belong here. And I mean, I probably didn't. Did you ever go to Chinatown? No, did not. Don't. Don't. I might never eat a piece of fish again. I'll never get over that smell. Just because fish markets? Yeah. It was so bad. It was so bad. Like, as soon as you got off the bus, it was like, oh, man. And I mean, so we walked around for like Except an hour. they would have some good food down there. You know? I don't care. I no? Yeah. Man, see, I, I mean, I think I'd deal, I would deal with the smell of the fish, and I would go in some of those places and just be like, give me your best. Well, you probably could. I mean, I just, it's, I don't care if I do it or not. I mean, that was pretty dirty. Did did you spend any time in the village? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a vibe there. Yeah. There's a lot of people trying to make it. There's a lot of eclectic folks. I think there's some in the village. Some Th- that's a people. big area. I mean, I I only spent two days total there. Mm-hmm. I went to Madison Square Garden. I saw Knicks games, and then we bounced around. At the time, I was dating a girl, and her brother was running the marathon. So we would get on the, you know the subway system and we'd try to meet him at certain checkpoints and try to give him some you water subway you yeah and then, and then we'd bounce around we get on another one then hit the other one and then get over here to this checkpoint uh, and it was cool because it, it was like a quick way to see these different spots you know i mean obviously it's only 26 miles so we're not yeah. going that far but each place was a new area to me yeah because it's so big 
I mean, it, it could take you five years to figure out New York. It, living there, you probably you you might never get used to the the whole thing. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's overwhelming. I live in Nashville. It's a big city now, but it is nothing compared to New York. It's coming. Broadway was Broadway was comparable to Times Square as far as like amount of people. There was, they say that the average there's four hundred fifty to six hundred thousand people a day in Times Square, dude. That that day that you and I came up over that hill, whenever I was down there, and you said let's take a ride, and and we like very right at the end of it, it was late that night. Mm-hmm. You were like let's let's go down and check out Broadway, and when we crested that hill, do you remember that? And this was like right after this was March of twenty one. Yeah, do you remember that sea of people? Yeah, and I, I was like, dude, it's. You have no idea that scene uh-huh. is all the time. Now. I, well, I know I've been there since, and I mean it was the same thing whenever I was there in September. It and was, you're not down in there, like you don't. That's not your vibe, right? You, to be honest, man, I I had at one time I had two pretty good friends that bartended down there, and they were bartending at two bars that were really close to one another. And um, for a while, I, it wasn't necessarily habit, but I would be down there once a week. On, when, on days I was bored, I would go down there. The energy is still great. Like, you know, I try to, I try my best to remind myself of like, w- w- why is this city great? You know, people love this city for a reason, and I think it's it's important for somebody who creates it, just from my perspective, to be around it and uh, and see it. Like now, granted, it has nothing to do be, being down there and watching these cover bands really has nothing to do and to to affect uh you know my my personal career but seeing it from afar like the thirty thousand foot view is people love music and they're willing to come to this town and pay you know eight dollars for a bud light for three days straight and just be around bands and music and there's a there's a huge calling for it there's a huge impact and i think it's only going to get better I mean, there's only going to be more and more people showing up. Um, What's it going to do? It's about to bust. I mean, as far as like the, yeah. I mean, Broadway cannot take any more people. Well, they keep building up. Yeah, they're going up. They're going tall because they can't go out. Dude, could you imagine? Like, remember whenever you used to go down there and you go to the stage or something, and it would be yeah. just ass cheeked elbow ten years ago. You know, well now you've got these places that are twice as big as that and three floors of it, mm-hmm. and the it's stage, still packed. Yeah, and the stage was big back then. I yeah, mean, as far and as they can't, footage, they can't make those beers too expensive. How are they doing? Like, how do they get all those in there? Like, I've I've wondered that. Like, like Tootsie's, for example. How I I heard one time that they sold somewhere around eleven thousand beers a day. <laughs> That's a pretty big number. I I have it's you know mind many, boggling. I would, can't imagine that would be about fifteen trucks. I think because I can only drink about twenty two a day if I try really hard. <laughs> so, if you well, think about twenty two a day. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't know, man. It's it's a. Uh, and it's it, so commercial down there that now though I mean it's 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 still I shouldn't say it's so commercial it's still like Tootsie's is still Tootsie's but at the same time it's you got to know where to go I mean it ain't, your, it ain't your Waylon Jennings Nashville anymore no I wasn't part of that they said in the nineties which you know really isn't that long ago it was rough still it was still pretty rough yeah and like early nineties I mean they were like peep show kind yeah. of stuff down there like I guess it was like dirty back in like the 70s and it wasn't and 80s. necessarily like safe yeah and you know you look at it now and you're thinking like well why would the the city the municipality the people in charge how could they not recognize what they had the gym of the the story of Nashville all these famous people you would think in the 90s 
that it should have been cleaned up and already been a tourist attraction. But it wasn't at the time. And, nope. I, and I never knew what Nashville was. I just assumed it was where everybody went to write songs and sing songs. But apparently it was... Because t- the music culture was different in the early 90s? Like it wasn't as country? Because, I mean, that's when you're thrown in your nirvana, your grunge. I just think that there's... At a certain point, it became um, everybody... Like phones, it just became very accessible. And then it got on... They, they had that TV show. And then that Nashville on ABC. So yeah. I think everybody started to... Th- see this kind of glorified version of this town and to like some degree Hollywood. Yeah. And to some degree, I, I think they kind of nailed it. Um, but ov- obviously it's TV. So you're going to, you're going to dramatize it and, and stuff. But I think all these people that, um, uh, that maybe had a, a dream or thought they wanted to be famous or whatever. And LA seemed too big to them or New York seemed overwhelming or too far, too far. Uh, there's something real relatable to Nashville from a from like the rural person standpoint. Well, I like, see you more than I do most of my buddies. Honestly, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you know, just like just like a guy from the from the east. You know, I would call you from the east if I was in Nashville. I'm sure. Right. But I mean, you know, mid Atlantic. Yeah, something I don't know, but but I mean, I don't know, know if we're Midwest down here. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, are we? It, Midwest? Always, it always feels weird when people say Midwest, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Midwest feels like Indiana and over. Or it's Kansas, flat. yeah, Nebraska, and we're, the, and we're in the hills. Like and we're we, in the east. Yeah, we've got we've got yeah. hills here. So yeah, what it, are we? I think we're yeah. I think we're Mid Atlantic and Appalachia. I mean Appalachia to the core. But yeah. but I mean you know I see you as much. I mean Kevin Workman, who is one of my dearest friends. I see he, he lives he lives where Sheets lived on ninety three. So I mean that is four miles from my house, and I legit see you as much, if not more, than I see him. Yeah. Well, but, and that's because I'm coming back, and I. But I'm, you're accessible, like. And me and you, mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, not to get misty eyed and shit, but we we water our relationship. We sure. try. We yeah. try. Yeah, we try. And I think that's that's know, important. And I don't care where you know, no matter what city you go to, I think I would try to you know stay in touch with all my friends. But you know. my point is, it, it became you understood that it became this was a fit in your life because it was still accessible. You can still get home in a day. Oh, six hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can make it now with your eyes shut. Yep. I mean. It's uh, six hours you're in Washington D.C. I'm I'm very fortunate that Nashville is where it is. It's almost the perfect distance. And you're like what six hours from Little Rock, probably. I've never been. I heard Little Rock is not worth going to though. Just recently, <laughs> Did you? I heard that, that I heard in Arkansas, if you're going to go anywhere in Arkansas, you got to go to like the northwest Fayetteville, and and like I think that's where our, the university is. And you're kind of starting to get into the hills like the Ozarks. Kind of granola-y. Con- con- g- granola-y. Um, but no, the, the thing that got me, they had these cookies that were fucking delicious. And I don't even like cookies. And uh, and I'll never forget that there were like these uh, over fo- like f- f- over 40 uh, like multivitamins. But they were kind of like high-end. And I was like, this is fucking perfect. I'm turning 40. <laughs> I'm turning 40 in like three months and I, I took every one of them and I took those beet shooters and I ate his cookies and I was like, this is actually a great grocery <laughs> delivery, bro. Like I loved it. But, but, but I, I, his, he said his name was Ben Hoffman and, uh, and I never forgot that. And, and a few days, weeks go by and people in my, my townhouse start piecing some things together and it turns out Ben Hoffman is um, a comedy writer, and he's had a lot of success in L.A. He had his own show called The Ben Hoffman Show on the Comedy Central. 
and uh, he's written some stuff on Netflix. Like he was a he he wrote this show called Hoops, which is a cartoon about rural basketball that you have to watch. Okay. Um, and and it was brilliant. And and uh, it turns out he's Willer Walker Jr. the 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 Oh, the artist yeah. that sings those really like over the top. So you're speaking good about him right now. I'm. Sp- My God, as a, as a parent of an eight year old with a family and, and moving through life, the best thing I ever did was download the McDonald's app. What a breeze! Order for your family, pull up, they bring it to you. Easy. Download the app today from McDonald's. Hey, are you a business owner looking for insurance coverage? Give this guy a call. You know him. You trust him. Jason Gillum, Gillum Insurance, 740-395-0190. Speaking good about dude, him dude, right now. Abby, do you watch him? I mean, like, he's I mean, he's crude. We were watching, yeah, we watched Ridiculous, the, or was it with Rob Deerdick, the uh, yeah. Ridiculousness yeah. the other day, and he was on, uh, Wheeler Walker was on there. But I've heard some other stories from you about this guy. Yeah, he's a... Uh, so, Dude, I respect anybody who can go make it in the industry that he's in. And he's clearly a smart guy, but he is a terrible neighbor. Like one of the like maybe he might go down. He might go down as the worst neighbor in the history of neighbors. And why we need to know why (laughs) Willard Walker Jr. is a terrible neighbor. I feel like this. All right, now we got a good story. I'm I'm about to do a 50 cent Tupac with Willard Walker. Tyler, Tyler, start the podcast right now because this is our demographic. Why do you hate Willard Walker? I don't don't hate Willard Walker. He never did anything to me personally whatsoever. I mean, it's a culmination of a lot of things. He he's not extremely so, social and whatever. He looks like an asshole. Whatever. I mean, I don't care. You know, his character is funny. His shows were funny. I think he's a funny guy, but he's very um, antisocial. He's very uh, non-confrontational, but he stirs a lot of shit up, and he he does it in a very weird way. He uses. He doesn't really want to talk to the guys. He doesn't even want to look at the guys. He just puts his head down, and his girlfriend will say hi. Like I've talked to his wife or girlfriend or whatever, and she's not bad. But he, um, they made so much of a deal about parking by his uh, mailbox, which I, I still to this day like. I understand it can be a nuisance, but as soon as you start turning it into like a a neighborly like quandary and you start calling people out for parking on public streets i just want to yell at you and be like it's a public street and <laughs> you moved to you know you've got money you're this is your second home you're in la you've been successful and you're moving into the middle of an area of nashville that is bursting it ha- seems bursting and houses yeah. stacked on top of one another and the fact that you think that people aren't going to park near your mailbox is absolutely absurd to me and the fact that you not only do you think that but that you cause a stink and the way that you cause the stink is not to just go walk knock on a door and be like hey guys you know just have a real conversation with somebody um it was just odd and he got to the point where he was threatening he was calling the police he was threatening our landlords saying that he was going to sue them because they were practicing in the middle of the day we're in nashville tennessee the the guy the guy that I rented from is a musician. He's lived there for eleven years. He was the first tall and skinny that was built on our street. Oh, yeah. And he he's essentially still hustling and he has band practice, right? In his garage, like a lot of people do. 
and it's not, I, I need to remind you, it's Nashville, Tennessee, in the middle, the heart of it. Like, you are a quarter of a mile from Music Row. And these guys practice, because that's what you do. And in the middle of the day, he would lose his fucking mind. And he would call the cops, and then he would call the la- he would call the landlord, and he would say, I'm going to sue you for loss of income, for emotional distress. Like, he literally is a crazy fucking person. And what- so, so, he's, so he doesn't like anybody else creating. Perhaps not. He's not about freedom. I think he's just one of those really, really deep, introspective, uh, deep thinkers that lives in his own world, and I don't think he realizes that other people exist. So this is a show, this Wheeler Walker thing. This is a this is an act. This is a comedy. Oh thing. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's probably. Yeah. I would imagine he's, he's not. Yeah, I would have. I would have. Well, but but well, but think. I mean, it's dude, almost like a wrestler. I know, like, dude. Hey, listen, listen, it's like you, Stone Cold. Yeah, like, oh, here's but, Stone but, Cold. Dude, dude he some of, some of the way, stuff but. he does and says. I mean, you know, to to uh, say that you gotta you gotta think different. You know, I mean, you got. Th- I mean, oh, I definitely think so, but I also think I mean, I'm a pretty brass he, guy. But that guy, whew, I mean, I can't imagine saying some of the stuff that he does. It's it's weird because I know that he's the opposite of his character in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he's not even country guy. No, I, I he's I th- very LA. I think he started early on just really, really uh, poking fun at the country music scene and how you know on the surface it can seem a little dumb. You know, it's very it's reduced down. You know, it's a business, so we, we try to, you know. I, I didn't make the rules. I'm just trying yeah. to follow them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I'm obviously I'm still working my way up the the fucking ladder. So I don't I I don't have it figured out. But I think he was kind of poking fun at it, and it was all kind of it's satire and and he, it worked. And he's he is a big personality, and I think that's his outlet. I think he's probably just some dude that goes through his life and is uh, kind of deals. He's a creator. And he he probably channels maybe some of his frustrations out in some of his characters. And I think you could even watch the Ben Hoffman show and watch some of that stuff take place. And it's hilarious. And I think that's how great art is created. It comes from poverty and hardship. And I am all for that stuff. But I also think that like... Man ought to be able to park in front of another man's mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) What an ass. Yes. Thank you for, for wrapping that up in a bow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you're, you're, it's I, all fun and games, but some bitches don't be parking in front. And of I box. was giving you your fucking groceries back, like I'm bringing you your groceries. Yeah, you know? yeah but he gave them to you, so he wouldn't he wave, was, man. He wouldn't even, he wouldn't even look up at you. Huh. See, that's kind of weird to me. But and he's probably got his own issues too. And he's probably like, and I like his stuff, like his material. The first time, it's not something you're gonna put like this. It's not something you're not putting Wheeler Walker Jr. On your playlist, right? Like as nah. over, over oh, re- oh, repeat, dude. Let me tell you this. But you do listen to it a time or two, and you're like, "Oh, this is hilarious. It's kind of funny." And you and your friends, every like, now hey, and then, he'll yeah. I think it's we went shock to ten- factor, kind of gimmicky. I think we went to Tennessee for my brother-in-law's birthday one time, and I remember it was kind of when it first came out. And I was like, "Hey, listen, you guys got to listen to this." And I, yeah. you know, listen to this Willie, and it's hilarious, and we're laughing. But again, you're not going to put it on repeat and go two weeks later and be like, "Oh, I'm going to listen to this album again." I've, old, I've, I've never liked that stuff. So even Rodney Carrington. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to it, but it's just not my stuff. It's done well. I, I will say that. I mean, he is a very talented dude. Yeah, but the longevity, I don't think, is there. Yeah, that's my. I don't point. know, though, dude. Look at like Foxworthy and those guys still out doing. You know, you did might you be know the cable Nick. guy? That's all put on that voice. Yeah, I didn't know that. Somebody told me that the other day. I was like, really? That's fake as hell. 
He's probably from like Minnesota. Yeah. Can I get some club soda? Well, that, Donnie <laughs> Baker's that way. Donnie Baker seems like he's Still that way. Out, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not him. That's I know I know a guy that is exactly Donnie Baker, and I'll tell you off air because he's from Oak Hill, and I don't want to say it <laughs> out loud, it out there. but it is 100% him. I was like, oh, my God, he ran into this guy, and he was like, this is my character. Well, I'm sorry that your neighbor, Wheeler Walker Jr., was a dick, but... Hey, oh, th- this is another little uh, caveat. I drive obviously back and forth between Nashville and Oak Hill all the time. I got to go through Lexington and I'm at this place, that little intersection where uh, it's kind of highly traveled. Yeah. You get it off the Bluegrass you Parkway. Right, right. Uh, Doe, Dad, Doe Daddy's, the, the yeah. donut place, yeah. right after Keeneland. And I'm at a red light and I look over and there's this young black black dude and he's he's in a, like an old Explorer and he couldn't be 20, you know. And his windows are down and he's looking at the phone and my windows are up and I'm like, I know this song. And I roll my windows down, and the dude is not laughing. He's focused on making his text, and he is blaring Willow Walker Jr.'s album. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Like, that transcends, like, clearly it's working. Yeah. Clearly it's working. I mean, he's in Lexington, Kentucky. You know, a 20-year-old dude chilling at a red light. And, like I said, and I not think- laughing, just background music. <laughs> I think it transcends. I think a lot. I know a lot of my friends have been. They they send me clips and stuff all the time. You know, back then when it first started, and it was like, yeah. oh, this is great. Yeah, it's I think it me. does transcend. But he obviously you can't park in front of his mailbox. No, you, I mean, really, you know, um, what he's not looking for. And you don't cannot say practice. hi to me when you, I walk up to you. You can be a apartment. fan, but what we're wanting you not to do is park in front of his mailbox. Yeah, it was a very contentious thing and that whole neighborhood just got kind of weird at the end there was a lot and of you're people. not there anymore i'm not there Thank anymore God, and what you know what is he still there? Like, can we go egg his house i can take you right to his house <laughs> but we're not buying like you know uh heart like really good eggs we're not gonna waste good eggs we're getting piggly rotten, wiggly eggs rotten eggs yeah rotten eggs yeah. but yeah i mean I'm good a, for him that was that was, a, that was a fun weekend at that house uh in march mm-hmm I got, I got, I got to tell you, I haven't been to your place in a while. In that, you always turn down the invites. No, well, if I do go, I'm usually you staying somewhere else. But I am heading down next month, sir. So uh, he is Pearl Jam fan. Ooh, are they playing down there? Yeah. Are they playing Bridgestone? Bridgestone. Bridgestone. Oh, yes. Hey. Wow. 16th. Going down the sixteenth, August, September sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Come on down. I'm not going. He's but, not going to concert, but we're going to hang out. Yeah, you should go to the concert if you want to. But. I mean, the tickets are really expensive. Are they? And I, I mean, I like Pearl Jam, but I'm just, I, I think they're now they're getting like four hundred bucks, you know, and I don't know. They're in that like Rolling Stones kind of Paul McCartney ass level where yeah. it's going like everybody's going to see them. Speaking see them. of Morgan Wallet level, <laughs> I mean, I think concert <laughs> concert tickets right now in general are absolute. Criminal. So you got to tell me. All right, I got. I got to hear it on the show. You've been, you've been on on the tour, I guess, of of, of with Wallen and Hardy, and you told me. I've seen pictures. Yeah, I've seen. I, I, I'm sure you got the invite, and I couldn't go. I couldn't go yeah. either. Oh, that was a tough one, man. Yeah. I wish you guys could have gone yeah. to that one. And it's never going to be that again. I know. I'll, I know. We'll never have I, that I, shot. I again. drove to Tennessee. I was driving to Tennessee. Have, you don't have to rub. Pudge it in. called me, and he goes. Pudge called me or texted me, and he goes, "Nick, I'm literally about to cry." <laughs> 
going to go have a nice little vacation with his family, and he's got tears. I turned. Well, my, I'll, I'll be honest. I turned my phone off that night and didn't. I didn't want to see the pictures. Oh, I turned it back on yeah. at eight o'clock the next morning. Got like about fourteen pictures and twenty some texts. I was like, ah. so so. Cheers to this. But you heard what thirty thousand that night? Uh, Sing your song. No, nineteen. Nineteen thousand. So well, no, in Rep Arena it was nineteen. That was rep. That's a big one. Well, well, that was that was the first time. The civic, yeah. That, that was uh, that was the biggest. That What's was the, the that was the moment. That was the first like real legitimate moment where whatever, you look around and whatever, you're like, hey, nineteen thousand people are singing a song you wrote. Yeah, mm-hmm. how'd that feel? Uh, tears. Yeah. Nine, yeah. Goosebumps. Hey, yeah. nineteen thousand people singing yeah. your song. Yeah, and it was in it unison. Was, it was unbridled enthusiasm. Like, it was legit, real joy. And I would have been down in the pit screaming every word with you, man. It, this is funny. So, um, But everybody you were with just turned around and was like, Nick, man, soak it up. So I was with, uh, I was with my girlfriend and then um, a couple that I, that I knew because of uh, a, a, one of my good friends and songwriter buddies. He, um, he grew up in Danville, which is about 30 minutes outside of Lexington, and his brother who knows Hardy over the years um, and his wife came. So it was just the four of us and we're down. We got tickets. We got, you know, he, Michael hooked us up. So we were down like stage right about five rows up and, you know, good seats. And we were, we were close and Michael knew where that's where we were sitting approximately. And my brother and his, uh, his wife and then their friends, a couple, another couple, uh, had bought tickets like three or four months ago, and they were all the way in the top, like all the way in the top, like two rows off the top. And uh, so Michael's set, Hardy's set, like you know he's he's plays for like forty five minutes before Morgan, and then you know he he closes with two songs, and both of them are mine. And so I got to hear two songs back to back, and I think it was kind of like my birthday, or something, or right around my birthday, and. Uh, and he was like, you know, and Michael's gotten really, really good at communicating with the crowd and doing that thing. And uh, he was like, you know, this next song, I wrote this with my with my buddy Nick Donnelly, and he's sitting in the crowd, and he's right over here. And uh, I just want to say, like, I love you, buddy, or something like that. And then he goes in and plays these two songs. And, like, you know, I'm, I don't really – care that he said my name but it was kind of a jarring moment i was like holy cow like he didn't have to do that it was very nice of him you know and to anybody else it's just a name fill in the blank they don't they don't know who i am but to me it was a shout out and it was great Uh. but up there (laughs) at the very top (laughs) my brother my brother and his friends are high-fiving and they're hugging each other and then everybody around them are like what's going on and they're like that's he said my brother he's down there he he wrote these songs and then literally those people around them were like can i take a picture with you and they were taking (laughs) pictures with my brother on behalf of michael saying my name in the microphone and then they're seeing you know and the lights are and everybody's singing the words and it was just like it was a very uh you know come to jesus like all right well i did it at the end of the day if if I run off the road on the way home, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. I did that, you yeah. know, and and I'm not saying that I'm finished, and I'm not saying I'm still hungry, but it was a it was a cool thing to to feel, and then the the Charleston one was uh, overall it was remarkable. 
Oh man, I was able to give seventeen of some of my closest people yeah. a night that they'll never forget. We were on the floor. That's what Runyon said. We were on the floor. Right, rubbing it yeah, in. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, it yeah. Was, oh, he, said, he still sends them to me. Like, Mad Punch, I wish she was here at night. Yeah. It was, uh, and it was Charleston, so everybody was able to come on a whim. It was really yeah. fast, and I didn't realize I had the, the comps, and they gave me $17,000 worth of comps. <laughs> okay. That's now, pocket change. That, that, well, that, so here, so here's the thing. Go back, go back to whenever you're 25, okay, and you're and you're playing a guitar, all right. You you were playing, you were playing whenever you were what 16, 17, start to play. When did you start? When did you play your first gig and knew that that was what you was going to do? When was that? That would have been at Nickapalooza at Shawnee State, <laughs> and that would have been 2005. Hey, you put it on. He was my promoter. He was a promoter before you, Pudge. Oh, Jimmy Dan, bringing it in. Dude, he literally put it. When we were in college, we were roommates. We went out and we put flyers on every. Nickapalooza? He, he, he drew up All flyers. Right, so it was, it was during old school, the movie. You remember old school? Oh, yeah. And you remember Mitchapalooza? Oh, yeah. When he gets the divorce. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. So we did a Nickapalooza, and we did the same thing. We took a goofy mug shot of Nick's face. Okay. And we went to the library and we put like Nickapalooza this Saturday, 8 p.m., 212 Offner. You know, come, free beer, blah, blah, blah. And we, we ran, a, I think I ran a thousand copies off the copier. And if you go to Shawnee State in the parking lot there by the library, I mean, it's Rose put one on every single car, every windshield, every windshield, posted them on all around all the bars, all the telephone poles. Everywhere. 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 Anywhere you get a side, you get so about that. I love it. When day comes, we go. We get a keg, and we put it out on our porch. <laughs> all, a free beer, we get one keg. One keg. <laughs> We're in college. That's all it's, we can It's afford. gone in yeah. 35 minutes. Well, no, because we bought a velvet rope. We bought a velvet rope. Our friend Adam Davenport bought a velvet rope. He, he was in force. He, he played. Wrote, he played post at Shawnee. He, He's six six, two eighty. Nobody come. Nobody just walked yeah, in. He'd be like, "Hey, how you doing? Uh, you got a? You, you got? The, are you in? Are you view? Okay, you need to sit back yeah. there. There's a couch right there for you. <laughs> yeah. If you want a beer, you're gonna have to go through him. It's so, what's talking about it. Yeah, he, <laughs> he roped it off, and we had maybe forty people show. That's all right. Maybe, right? Maybe out in the lawn. I don't know. And all our friends. He yeah. just all of our. Friends. All he does is hook up his guitar to the amplifier, so he's got, but no mic. So then we go over to the neighbor's house. We grab their karaoke machine. We take the karaoke machine, sit it in front of him with the mic, plug his guitar in. We we used a karaoke machine for my vocal. Yep. Oh boy. And then I plugged in the guitar through an amp because we didn't have two channels. We didn't have two channels on the amp. So we go karaoke. And, and we were doing it. Yeah, like, you don't know back in. I mean, dude, well, whenever you first had, jump into that stuff, you don't know. All well, I had ever done at that point was sit on the porch and play acoustic. And we were like, well, let's do something a little different, you know? And we did. And he played about four or five songs. And people were having a great time. It was one of the best parties of the year, I thought, for yeah. a while. I mean, a lot of people started showing up, filtering in. Uh, I think Josh stopped. Your brother didn't yeah. he stop down? Yeah. With some he of his did. He was scouting. He was scouting a football game at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame, and he brought like yeah. two people walking up, and he was just like, he tells it a little differently. He was like, "Who are all these people? Where are all these people?" And he's like, "My brother's having a little party or whatever," and he's showing up, and I'm like singing some very like ridiculous, grotesque uh, Willer songs. Walker type songs. Willer yeah. Walker type songs. Because yeah. go back to Willer Walker. It, so you're 22. I'm yeah. trying to get attention. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing. He's trying to get laid. Yeah. Um, so you so, thought gross songs were the way I, and to so do it. he's walking up he's walking up with his friends and, and, and I'm like, singing I, yeah. I'm singing some pretty bad shit and they're like is that your brother? <laughs> and I'm like 
I had no idea at the time. I probably had some Daisy Duke. I think I had some Daisy Dukes on and and your old MTV shirt. Oh yeah, just used to wear every day. So you guys are what at two thousand five? You guys are twenty three. I mean that would that have been twenty two, twenty three? I mean, I graduated twenty three. This that would have been twenty two. You would have been twenty one or twenty. Yeah, somewhere around there. But anyway, get them all there, and I mean, we get about four or five. So like I said, this is rocking, just rocking, <laughs> rocking, and cops show up. <laughs> yeah, quickly got shut down. Why? Uh, noise ordinance. Yeah, apparently. disturbing the peace. Neighbors called. Uh, and he and he tells us he's like, I will not give you guys a ticket if you shut it down right now. No, he gave us a ticket. But no, and he said, now if I come back or I hear anything else, he's like, you will get a ticket. And he's like, clean it up. Let's go out here. And then, of course, being college students who are inebriated yeah. at the time, and you have no respect Oh, for somebody's going to be an asshole. Somebody's going to do something. And, I mean, before they even got off the porch, it was like, play another one. And then we're just, you know, yeah, yeah, throwing beers everywhere. And he's like, you guys are going to get Nords over. And he's yeah. like, so now it's it's a fine. And we had to go. We did have to go to court and pay. Does that, that still happen? So, no, those they still happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on what he said. They gave us a ticket, right? And uh-huh. I took the ticket. I'm the one that's up there, right? I'm Mitch. I'm Mitch of, in the Mitchapalooza. So whatever. We go to the bar. We you know we get after it like we usually do, and then we come back. And I go back on the porch, and I'm just picking on the acoustic like we always did. Yeah. Just acoustic. Three or four they, of us probably. They came back again and they gave us a second ticket. Oh. And and I'm like, I looked at Davy and I was like, Davy, I'm not getting two of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, help me out. So he took it. And then we were very fortunate because like a few weeks later we had our kind of hearing or whatever. And and this is not to go dark, but this is during uh, uh, the worst time. I mean, this is the at the peak of the opioid epidemic and nobody really knew what was going on but they probably kind of did so we go into this uh you know hearing we're going to go sit in front of the judge and we're going to go up and essentially talk to him okay and it's just two guys that are in college they get noise ordinance because we were playing songs okay so he reads the thing after he goes through an hour and a half two hours of duis drug charges uh, arson shit uh baby babies in car seats and and drugs in the car child endangerment like, the worst shit okay <laughs> me and davy are college students and we've got we've got like suits on yeah you're ready you're you're and we're sitting there and we're just looking at each other like real quiet we're sitting in the back and he keeps going through these and they're wife beaters and they got teeth and they're just looking at each other they all want to fight each other they're all pissed and me and davy are just like Man, glad we didn't end up, you know, <laughs> this is just a remarkable, you know, scenario to be in right now. So finally we get up there and all of a sudden the the judge's tone completely changes and there's a little bit of levity to it. So cuz he reads through it and he goes, "So, all right, we got noise ordinance here and uh we got a band. So you guys are the band and Davy, who's my my post player, he's like like I said, he's huge. Six, six, and yeah. he's almost like got his elbow on my shoulder. And he's like, uh, ah, this is your band. You know, <laughs> like he wasn't going to take credit for it. And he goes, the judge goes, okay, so you're a one-man band. And I go, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess. And he goes, you guys too loud? And I go, well, I mean, I guess so. You know, And he goes, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. You guys are going to serve, I don't know, a little community service and don't do it again. 
And we were like, is that it? And he was like, yep, you're good to go. <laughs> and we walked out of there. And it turns out one of the guys that we knew that played baseball, his dad was like either the judge or the guy that was friends with the judge. And he was just like, these are good people. They yeah. didn't really do anything wrong. Please don't punish them. And we literally had to do no community service. So it didn't it was even. It a wash. Yeah. And the, the cops, whoever wrote those tickets, were probably doing it to appease the, the neighbors. Neighbor. It's easier to write you a ticket than it was. Yeah. And then them. they can go be like, well, we gave them a ticket. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> you were showing those kids. And they're probably on oxys. <laughs> they're <laughs> fucking mad as hell. <laughs> Ruining my high over Ruining there. Ruining the high, yeah. So it was a it was a fun. But Jimmy Dan was like the big promote pro, proponent and promoter of all I, of that. Like I've he turned always, it into what I've it was. Always been a proponent of your music, yeah. and I support it. Yeah. I, I I will continue to do it. You want me to do it again sometime? We can. We should go back here and do it again. We'll, <laughs> well play the show in Portsmouth. The the one we did here was was. I mean, people st- talk about that like it's top five. I mean. <laughs> They, they do. The Thrown people, together in one day. In one days. day. Like, it was like, I did a podcast. We got drunk. He said, you want, you would you do that? And I said, yeah. And then I woke up the next morning. I'm like, ah, I got to go do that. Yeah. I was worried that the ceiling was going to collapse. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared to death. He'd be playing, and I'd go downstairs and listen to the to the floor joists just so I could make sure that the ceiling didn't. You know, I'd never had that many people up there. I you know, had forty, but you know, looking at it now, it was like you know, now that we, I know literally, we we made him sit on the side of, we didn't let him get in the middle. The we were like, wall. sit over yeah. here, sit over here. Yeah, but that room is great. That was that smart. room was that great. Was a smart move. Yeah, and uh, you know, we we you could have walked an elephant across that son bitch. That son bitch wasn't going nowhere. It's two hundred years old. <laughs> it ain't going <laughs> Just nowhere. Scary. It's like the beast that came. Well, I don't know why were we. So, I was I was so scared of that. I would do that up here in a hot minute. I think we were valid in our concerns, to be honest. Do you? Yeah. I mean, when you walk on an old floor and it feels like it's bending a little bit <laughs> and it hasn't been treated for 80 years, I don't know. I think there's a reason to be concerned. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I don't want my parents maybe. to die. <laughs> maybe. So Wait, you used to, Now, okay, so back to my original question. So go back to Nickapalooza, 2005. Need you another white glove? I just crashed. Crack one. You want one? Oh, I'm good. I'm going to grab another. Gra- you good? Uh, no, I'll take one more. Okay. There's McUltra in the fridge too. All right. Uh, I'll play bartender. Let's go. Uh, so so let's go back to Nickapalooza, 2005. You got. Now you obviously had to be thinking. I'm that. writing songs. They're okay. my. They're my songs. Okay, but I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking. So you knew that there was going to be a high. You you hoped for a high at some point, you know. I mean, you uh, you you know what I'm talking about. Like, so you you played that. That was cool, and you're like, man, music is really cool, you know, or or whatever. And 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 you decide to do it again. Well, I can do that. I mean, and so there was your first barrier. But behind the scenes, there's five percent of you, one percent of you, or whatever that had to be thinking like, okay. Where does this journey end at at some point? You've been building this up. You've been driving all this time for 20 years. Okay. And so was the, whenever you were 19,000, I mean, nobody, there's not too many people out there is going to have 19,000 people singing a couple yeah. of their songs in unison. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, not that many people's listening to, to, our podcast you know i mean that's that's a that's a 
way it's up a, high it's level a big number. number. Yeah, that's a that's a way to, for them to be singing it. Everybody yeah. in the crowd in one night. In one, in night. one but, yeah. but it's every city. Every city, yes. Every time. So that's nineteen thousand people. Fifty. It was fifty thousand in Fort Laramie. Yes. At, at country concert, yeah, wherever he wants to go. So you're 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 there. And, and it's and every word. And it's every word. Yeah, it is. Congrats. <laughs> and and I will say this, and and I'm I don't want to, you know, I don't want to um, negate my efforts or uh, uh, you know diminish what what I've done by any means. I'm very proud of it. But a lot of it is Michael's, you know, run. And Michael is the brand. And Michael is the writer. Cheers! So, cheers for for giving him props on that. Yeah. So so like, yet, and just for the viewers, that's Hardy, right? Yeah, Hardy. Yeah. yeah. And and he. He's an animal. None, none of that happens without his without. vision and his talent yeah. and his like. He's a he is an absolute fucking dog. As a, as a fan of of all your guys, especially yours, you know it is fun to watch all these guys that he that I've learned about through him. You know, like it's fun to watch those guys because yeah. they're taking over. So, but but to the question, was it as what is was it as good as you thought it was going to be? When yeah. it happened, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, because yeah. you've waited a long time, right? I mean, yeah, it was, been, it was it was it. That was that was the pinnacle it for was, now. I mean, it'll never be better than that. Like, I might make money. I might, you know, I might get some some hits down the road. I mean, I I think I will. I honestly think I'm in. What position. if you come out with a with a friend, you know, or a unanswered prayers or friends in low places? What about or, a Grammy award yeah. winning song? Yeah, what would that do compared well, to that? Here's what, what would that take you into the stratosphere financially? Uh, sometimes it doesn't even translate. It really? doesn't even really correlate uh, as much as what you would think. Uh, gr- Grammys are voted on by a board. Right. But if you got it's, that. It's clout, but it doesn't translate to money. Uh, really? No, the money is the byproduct of a song getting on the radio. A Grammy is is awarded when it has when it's very um impact, it's prestige prestige and impactful uh and and you can't nobody could argue like grammys i'm sure would be i that's so far beyond what i've ever even thought but if you won one if you won one i still think the 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 visceral feeling of seeing people for the first time in my life sing a song uh, sing lyrics that came from my head or heart or whatever. Sing it for the first time. That will never be beat. I don't think it'll ever get better than that. Well, I hope it does. But glad, I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, I want yeah, you. I, I hope you, it gets yeah. better. But it's all relative. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Y- you went 16 years with nobody cares. Nobody mm-hmm. knows who you, what it is. Nobody, and then all of a sudden you get the little spark. Mm-hmm. That was the moment. And anything else, it feels almost like you know, cherries. On top. I mean, I'm sure you get asked. You've known him way longer than I have, but I mean, I get asked all the time. So, what is it that Donnelly's are doing down there? You know, so I mean, you're legit now, still. You know, or you're legit now, still. You're making music be, or making money being a songwriter. Uh, I mean, this people ask me that a lot. Yeah, what, what is Nick doing? Yeah, there? what is? How does Nick you know, doing? What, what is he doing? Is he still yeah. starting songs? Yeah. I mean, they're here and they're like, "Boy, I hear he kills it." But like, you know, to to like, you know, even even us as close as we are to you, that to learn that stuff, it's hard to even 
and I feel like you know both of us even have kind of a, a better background in it than a lot of people, and yeah. it's, it's, it's to process well, I just, how that whole engine works and just to see the grind. I mean, oh, it's just and, I, and people don't know. It's been a while. I mean, like you said, how many years now? Sixteen. Sixteen. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of things. Like last this what this week he was down there playing basketball with Jimmy Butler. He might not admit it. But he was down there playing hoops with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy I, Buckets getting them. You know, I, 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 I don't NBA know. First, I don't know. You, we, we talked oh, about yeah, this we, I don't know. I know you no guys idea. are making fun of me. Anybody about. else who knows who the NBA is knows who Jimmy Butler is. Dude, I've, I've been very right? fortunate to be in some, some rooms and some crowds. Right, and, 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 and he's down there playing basketball. It's, you know, an old kill boy. Yeah. Just an old old kill boy. And like I told him, I'm a little bit living vicariously through you at that moment because that's so cool. And and I love it. And he stayed on the grind, man. What you said, sixteen years. Yeah, right? man. And after a first few years, I mean, when we, I mean, before we all got married and we were out of college, I know you struggled a bit to think, is this right for me? Yeah, it's always in the back a of little bit, a little bit of your mind. Like, what am I doing? This isn't working. Um, but you stuck with it. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't a sob story. Kids, stay with your dreams. But you did. Yeah, really, and I mean, and you've you've gotten there, and I mean that, like I said, I think that's pretty cool, and I would support you any step of the way. But now you're starting to get a little bit more of that, like you said. I'm, I'm 19, seeing that happen. People singing your song is cool. It's a it's a like a reality now, whereas before, you know, you always have that. I I've always had somewhat of a a weird, probably undue belief in myself, and I think probably a lot of it's genetics and a lot of it's ignorance you know, naivety or whatever they, they say. And, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew I liked it and I knew I wanted to do that over the other things. I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather do. To be happy doing yeah. what you're doing. So I bartended, you know, I worked in the service industry for 10 years and then I finally got lucky, you know, I can't, I don't know how you stayed that, stayed peaceful with yourself that Oh, long. I didn't. I mean, I didn't, man. That would I was be a making hard a, living right there. I made a lot of mistakes. I learned a lot. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody in that town. I wasn't any good. Yes, yeah, so you're 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 not you're ten years bartending. Not Nick Donnelly. That's that's doing what you're doing now. You're ten years bartending, trying to figure out what you're doing now. Yeah, so I was serving Jason Aldine steaks and diet cokes. Right? Did uh, you serve him? No, not, not Jason. Not, sorry, Jason, Jason Isbell. Jason Isbell. Did you? Yeah, and I I saw Scott Hamilton out there. I saw uh, what's his name. Um, uh, Orlando, or what, what's his name? Bloom, the guy that wrote Orlando Bloom, uh, not Orlando Bloom. I know it sounded like that. Uh, uh, the guy that wrote Forrest Gump, um, Winston Bloom, yeah, Winston okay. Groom. He was out there. Like I, Derek Henry came in there. In Sue. like I saw some. You know, I saw some big dudes in these restaurants. But yeah, I'm 32 years old with two degrees, knowing that I'm capable of going out and making money. Like. I'm not a dummy. I'm not, I don't think that I could ever go into like the financial sector or anything like that, but I knew I was creative enough and I knew I was good enough with people that I could go make a living and I could probably make a good living if I found a lane that I really wanted to dive into. You you could have made a call at any time and probably went and been a branch manager of a bank. Yeah. I mean, anybody you, with two yeah. degrees and you being who you are, you or you could have come back home and done anything in Jackson County that you yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. Also, I mean, but know, I'm saying he like he could have else. easily walked away from that at any time and made a phone call to right. whoever and said, "Hey, I've got two degrees. I'm you know here's what I've been doing, but now I'm coming." Back. And you could have been running. You could have had a fifty to seventy thousand dollar a year job, pretty easy, right? 
that whole time with two degrees at your age. At that and time. I'll tell you this, I've never made fifty to seventy thousand dollars a year and I'm forty. So like you guys, as cool as this yeah, is, you know, and I feel I feel very blessed to be sitting here and you guys ask all these questions and get to tell my story. <laughs> but and that's dope as I mean, really it's the best. And I live a rich life. I do. I get I play basketball with Jimmy Butler and Sam Hunt and all these I mean like mm-hmm. I'm around some really, really cool things, things that a lot of people would sign up in a heartbeat to do. So can you look the camera in the eye and tell them it's not about money? I can say that. Yeah, I didn't. Say that. I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. You know, and I, I've said this before. I mean, I, I wouldn't trade places with you, but I love watching you do what you're yeah, doing. Exactly. And I, but Walk I mean, you know, at my, at my life right now, I'm I'm cool. I got my wife. I got it's my an kid. absolute fucking grind. And I, that's an understatement. Well, and I, you know, like I said, I, I mean, I'm, I'm cool, but, but I'm just like, I know your life a little bit, yeah. you know, and I'm like, man, like that, that's fun to watch. Like you're, I mean, I don't, at, at our age now, now you're how old? I'll be 40 in November. You'll be, yeah. So we're all the same age. I, I, I just turned 41. I, dude, I don't know. How, I don't know how you could do it. I mean, I've I, moved, I've moved 16 times in 11 years. Thank you. that. Think uh, of that. I, I'm sorry, 11, 11 times, times in 16. 16 years. My bad. My bad. That, that sounded ridiculous. 11 times in 16 years. I've moved that many times. I've had roommates everywhere. I've never made more than $36,000 a year. Um, I live in one of the most expensive cities to live in, or it's becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I moved to Nashville with... Uh, I don't even know what my expectations were other than can I chase something that keeps me focused and like make me want to get up and go um create create but I didn't I didn't move to Nashville to make money I moved there to make music and to be part of a a community and learn and I, I maybe it's about impact well, you, you, it's your it's what it's your passion. That's yeah. what you maybe it's it's your, it's your hobby, and that's what you want to do. Yeah, it turned it was a hobby it. early on, and I just knew that it made me feel like playing basketball did whenever it was late in the game. Yeah, and I knew that feeling was really really good, and I I wanted to be able to like I don't know win the game. And there's there's part of it is maybe competitive spirit, but man, there's there's nothing like writing a song. I mean, there's literally I can't think of anything mm. like writing a song. And knowing that you you're saying what you want to say the way you want to say it, and uh, it doesn't mean it's good all the time. It just means that you're you're uh, creating something out of kind of thin air, and it wasn't there before you did it. And you know, people can build buildings, and they can build uh, wealth, but building a song is pretty fucking tight, man. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah. Building songs pretty fucking tight, and and I I want to do it until the, nobody cares that I'm building songs anymore. And I mean, it's it's just like anything else. It has it has a value. I mean, like that song at that point in time becomes I don't want to say a commodity, but I mean it's it's becomes it becomes something that you always have. It's a tangible product at yeah. that point. And I mean intellectual property. Yeah, it's you know it's it's really been fun to watch it. So I mean, so after you had nineteen thousand. Sing it, okay. What is the next step after? So, where do you do you have a plan for the next five to ten years? I'm just holding on. I mean, 
I, I'm in a really good spot with in a good spot. I'm a, I'm in a great spot with people, and uh, so Hardy was songwriter of the year, mm-hmm. in CMA songwriter of the year or ACM songwriter of the year, whatever, and um, he's as uh, hot as you can get. I mean, he's uh-huh. literally the most in I'm pretty sure Morgan Wallard could fart in a, in a can right now and people would buy it. I mean. He's the most in-demand writer in Nashville. And Michael's busy and he's pursuing the music career or his artist career. And he's got, he's getting, you know, married and he's moving. And when's his uh, album coming out? I think October. And I'm I'm going to get a few on there, thankfully. But I hope. Which ones are yours? Um, I've got a song, I've got three, I got, uh, a song called my fate. The one that I'm really looking forward to is called ain't no I in country. And I, or ain't no I, I don't know what they eventually ended up calling it. Cause I'm terrible with titles. So how, how does that work? How's that work? So tell people like, okay, so, so you write a song in your living room at your house. Okay. Okay. Which that happens. It happens. Yeah. You put it on your iPhone as a recording. Right. Sometimes, okay. yeah. Yeah. Most of, most of the time, the first version of it it comes off your voice record button on your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Right. You even you and I will trade songs that way. Right. Yes. So if you so from that point on, how does that all work? Like like if you're if you're a guy in Oak Hill, Ohio, right now writing redneck ditties, you know. Yeah. Like should they like so you're you're going to be gathering that basically content okay so you're going you need to be coming up with like a a a rolodex of songs right i mean it depends on what your intent is but if you're trying to do it then yeah you need to start writing a bunch of songs but a bunch how many songs did you have to write like to get your first publishing deal like if you went on over a thousand (laughs) over a thousand songs 1k I was there 16 years, and I wrote Monday through Friday for most of it. Thousand. I'm struggling. I got to play a songwriter thing in September, and I, I gotta, tried to write I, a song once. I need to, well, if you come up with it, they sent it to me because I got I got to come up with like seven or eight. I got about September. a fourth of the way in and quit. There's some bitch over here writing a thousand. <laughs> thousand but it's not like i recorded them all like i got no. them all down and i demoed them and like the no, like yeah, yeah. I, no, I, but you you fine-tuned your you, you know, had to submit a finished product yeah you crack a lot of times them. sometimes a i'd lot. get all the way to the end and well for 10 years i didn't have to submit anything to anyone i only just wrote and then i kept the ones that i liked and i played the ones that i liked so you go so so you took that song in your living room and then you would then after 10 years you go looking for the gig and say, hey, I got some songs. No, I was ready for the gig the whole time, and nobody said, we'll give you the chance. How did you get the chance? I took a lot of meetings, um, and that's hard in itself. I mean, just getting in rooms is hard. Like, What's not, a meeting? Uh, meeting, with with, mm-hmm. me, meeting with somebody who could represent you. Uh, so you have... Did you have a product to hand them? I always had a product to hand them, and it didn't mean it was good. But I, you, I mean, you can't take a meeting if you ain't got a product, you know. So you got to be when you go into the How meeting. How did you get the meeting? Uh, early on, I think the, and it's probably changed a lot. So go from the couch. How did you get from the couch to the meeting? Well, I played a lot of writers' rounds 
and and I met a lot of people along the way. And okay. you you start to increase your network, and you meet other writers, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then you meet uh, other people that are like these hosts of these writer nights are people that are somewhat connected, you know, on a very small level. Mm -hmm. They they know somebody that can get you somewhere, and every once in a while you'll meet somebody that's like, hey, you know. Um, I think you should meet this guy. He might be able to help you. And you got to be open to meeting that guy. And you go walk in and then... Can't have I, an ego. Huh? Can't no, no. And you got to ask a lot of questions. And, and I've heard before, like one of the guys, one of the older heads gave me some really good advice one day. And he said, uh, act dumb. And I was already dumb. <laughs> so that wasn't hard. <laughs> but not letting your, but letting yourself act dumb. Yeah, and and just go I can't in there do that. And just act, and just ask yeah. questions because you really you don't. Can, that's, know. A, that's a hard skill, dude. To act dumb, like for me, like I can't. I have a bad tendency. Like even if I don't know, I have a tendency of pretending I do. Yeah. Well, you're in sales. Yeah. And that's important. Oh, you can. I mean, now I've gotten better. I mean, you know, if there was ever a. a, a honesty time in my life, it's now. I mean, I, yeah. if I don't know now, I'll tell you I don't know. You know, and I'll be like, but I'll find out. You know, in that in, there's a lot of egos. There's a lot of narcissism in that town. Oh like, shit! It, it's a lot of creators. So a lot of people want to be able to say, "I, I'm like, here, here, bud. I'll, I'll help you. I'll show you." And when you're young, and you don't, you're not really that good. You should, you Vulnerable shouldn't act a little bit. You shouldn't act like your shit don't stink because it does, and you're not very good. And when somebody hook you up, hooks you up with a meeting, you know, at, at least in my case, I can only speak for me. Some some guys are come in and they're super fucking talented, and it's obvious pretty early. But for me, it was a it was a long arduous process. So I would take a meeting and I would go, okay, so here's my songs, and then these reps. These songwriter reps from, like, say, BMI, ASCAP, and CSAC, which are without, you know, not getting into to too much detail, but they represent songwriters, and that's it how pretty you, much control the game to an extent. That, that's how you get paid. They yeah. they uh, they take they get your royalty royalties for you, and they yeah. pay you. So and and they have a board, and they have people that represent you. So and, if people don't know, like ASCAP, like if you're a, a local bar. You know, I don't, you know, I, I'm kind of out of it now, but you know, even, even as a musician, like let's say I was going out and playing cover songs, okay, which I do. Shouldn't I technically be paying ASCAP? I know they always take it out on the bar, but like it's one of those things where like they'll start mailing, like you're supposed to technically sign up for a ASCAP membership or fee every year, and then you can actually pay. That way guys like him get paid. And that way, if you're playing like, like if I'm just even playing other than if I want to play the public radio, but if I'm playing Spotify or anything like that, and I'm using right. music as my atmosphere, I'm supposed to pay them. Yes. The, I mean, but it's, it's almost licensed. like, yeah, but it's almost like jaywalking too, right? Like pretty much. Yes. If you're going to jaywalk across the street in New York, you might get fine. If I'm going to jaywalk across the street in Dayton, I've had them. I, gonna I've had well, I, I know of a couple venues here, even here locally, that guys have questions. Be like, hey man, you know, do you ever like? I've had a couple people say, what do you know about this? You know, yeah. I always thought the, the like I should have paid that as the musician. Like I never volunteered to pay it for the bar, but you know, it was like you know, if I went to a bar, it was like, well, that's your responsibility. But as a musician, I was the one getting paid a direct fee for playing your shit. Yeah, no. I I don't I don't really have the answer. Jimmy Dan made a really good point. They're not coming after small fish, right? But even, turn around. 
but even in uh if you wanted to i mean i mean hell my uncle you know my grandfather and uncle owned a funeral home and uh those pros would come after him for for licensing these songs you you know you, yeah. you play songs at the viewing go rest high on that mountain yeah and they're one that could for. that could be one of those 50 year like i don't know what they're called but after 50 years they don't you can't accrue money from that anymore but if 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 hardy goes and plays a show live they're they're supposed to log that and that is a live live performance um royalty essentially and i'm supposed to get money but that's small potatoes to them. And a lot of times, I don't even know if they log it. If they did log it, I'd probably have more money in my bank account. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because they're making, they're making money it doesn't matter. on streaming. And uh, they own the licensing. They own the masters of these songs. And, yeah. and, that, and that's where all the money is. It, a but, lot of yes. that goes to YouTube, so, too. So like you can use a song on YouTube. Like I, can put I a, get paid I for can that. I a highlight reel. Of, I get paid for YouTube. Okay. But you can also get like a highlight reel on YouTube of, let's say, our basketball senior year. Yeah. And throw some music behind it. And if it's got 20 views, no one's Nothing. really going to care. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as that hits 2,000, you can get flagged. But as soon as it hits 20,000, 200,000, then they're like, oh, you used uh, Kanye West song here. Yeah. yeah. Nope. We're shutting it down. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's just one of those things, I think. That yeah. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not necessarily like you breaking a law or breaking the rule does not. They're not going to hit the panic button yeah <laughs> is yeah. what you're saying so so what jimmy dan is saying is uh he's got it he's he's a thrifter he's a he's a damn i think hey didn't i open that you did last time we were here yeah i do believe i didn't know it was a 1978 jim henson oh so that's probably a pretty valuable shirt i gave it to him today i like did you? i broke it 19, out 1978 i i opened straight gold that night you were popping you were on yes fire. did you break any of those tonight i didn't i wish i had them i want you to Just open brought them. the gulsh i know i know but I've been, I've been hitting some gold lately so we're pretty good that's we're what you right. said. What are you doing? So tell me about this jersey you were all fired up about. I don't know anything. I don't even know who Jimmy Butler was. Jerry, Jimmy, what is it? <laughs> Jimmy Butler. That's Jimmy who he Butler. was playing. He's an all-star. He's... It'd be like if I told him, who's Sean Flaherty? Is he a fighter? No. Number one reigning horse. <laughs> oh, rider. okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just I, it's just not. You're into horses. We're into basketball. Yeah. You know, I had to have a real I had to have a real talk with myself here recently about, you know, I really, I'm not in, I, I never have been. I'm not into sports. I don't know. And that's okay. It, it, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know. I was listening to you guys talk about basketball out there, and I was like, you know what? I would love to watch the NBA. I just never do. You know? I used to love to watch Jordan. Well, all you got to do is turn on the TV if you really want to watch it. Not really. Not not in Appalachia, rural Ohio. But you have TVs. I do, but I, I don't know how to get it. I mean, TNT. Dude, well, I, I tried this to get... This is the oldest you've ever sounded to me uh, in my life. Well, I tried to get the damn Bengals game last year out there where I live, and you know what a chore that is to me? Apps I have? I've got nine ninety nine coming out my ass trying to find out how to play an NFL game. I've had to buy a subscription to everything with a bluish-purple background. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's... It, they don't make it easy. If they don't, don't, If dude, you don't, don't buy the NFL package, yeah. you're not watching those games. They black out, and I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> then you then like you'd watch it on YouTube, like you'd get on YouTube try to stream it. It'd be the Tecmo Bowl version. <laughs> I pulled Ain't it up, and, and Gibson was like, "Daddy, why they look?" And I was like, "Oh." 
I was like, they're playing tape. But it was like the real announcers and all that. I was like, like eight bit version. Yeah. And I was like, shit. That's the Techno Bowl version. You should. The NBA is tight. But back to Jimmy Dan. What is his jersey? I mean, it's white chocolate, baby. Yeah. Dude, Jason Williams, right? Yeah. Yeah. White chocolate. Who was from like right down the road. DuPont, baby. DuPont, West Virginia. How okay? How's that come out of there? And Randy Do you Moss. Want to know who was with him? Uh, Randy Moss. Teammate? Yeah. Randy Moss. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Randy Moss, baby. Randy Moss. <laughs> what? What? Uh, what? What? What do they call that? Uh, that school down there? They, uh, that. That. What was the, the nickname? It was. It was Dupont. Rand, was Rand University. Rand. Yeah. Rand. Rand yeah. University. Yeah. They did an ESPN special on it. Did you ever was, meet Randy Moss like with your dad or anything? No. Any I wish I would have. I met Jason Williams. Did, did you? you? Yeah, I played in a. I played in a. Uh, your dad got me in to a basketball uh, camp when I was going into my senior year, and that's when I decided to play football because I realized I wasn't very good at basketball. And he got me into like an invitee camp, and Jason Williams was there. A lot of like NBA guys were there. What was Cal- their level back then? Calipari was there, like recruiting. Shashevsky was there, like you name it, they were there. And they divided they divided the camp up into like A and B. And essentially, A were the good guys; that they were the big ones, and B were the 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 scrubs. And I didn't get out of B the whole time. And I I came back and uh, and my coach, my coach was an assistant at Florida, or something like he was very closely connected to Jason Williams. And but he he was going to go to Marshall, too. Jason right. Williams was right. He went to Florida. Right. Yeah. And and. Uh, like I remember my coach talking about Jason and like they even played like three on three with him and he was like, you know, it's impossible to take the ball from that guy. You 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 cannot take the ball on from a string. him on a string. On a string. And his feet were great and his hands is great and it's just his instincts are awesome. And I just remember like wanting to be in that upper level because I remember like they took one kid from the bottom from the B level that I got I got him. I got like twenty on him and they took him and threw him in the upper level, and I was like, "Fuck," <laughs> you know, like. Well, and then I walked away from the camp, and I was like, "Well, maybe I'm just not that good," because you know, I'm in Southern yeah. Ohio. They're like, "We're not great basketball players around here." I mean, we're a bunch of you know Welsh, you know, <laughs> five five foot ten guys, yeah. and and you know, I was very fortunate to have my dad's genetics, and I was able to play at Shawnee, and that was great, and it taught me a lot. But that's when I realized I'm I got to go, go play football one year, just because. It doesn't yeah. really matter that much. I mean, it's not like I'm going to go to the NBA. But you got to play against White Chocolate. I didn't get to play, but I saw him. He was there. Okay. Was he, he like a spectacle then? I mean, he was pretty known. He was known for sure. Everybody knew who he was. Well, he's what three he's years older than you. Time, he's but he's three years guys. older. He's four, four, five years older than you. Yeah, and he was chilling. I mean, he was just there to make an appearance. He probably got paid to show yeah, up to that probably, thing. Yeah. But Calipari was there, and he put on like an hour clinic in front of the whole group. And then Christian Leitner was there, and then he did Holy on shit. he did a thing. That's the lineup, and like there were like major Division One players that were getting recruited. I love that. those thirty for thirties with like Christian Leitner. And- Christian oh, Leitner's a weird, they'll, weird they'll hat. Do, dude. I think they'll do one on White Chocolate soon because all the ex NBA guys. He was saying, a brand. Yeah, we're like if the one guy hated to play against was Jason Williams because he would embarrass you. Yep, he would try to like his goal was not to go out and win. It was going to. It was to you. get you. It was going. He's going to get you. And, and he did. He got. He got Gary Payton at that time. He was called the Glove. Yep. And messed like, him up. Whenever he got him on that crossover, like that video, that that highlight is so like 
obvious and prominent because and it, it has carried on because Gary is like the the most like notorious trash talker. He would lock people down. He would ruin your night. And when he got him on that one crossover and he looked over at him and he just gave him with his eyes, he gave him props. You remember that? And he's yeah. just like, All right, man. You know, you got me. He just conceded. But he was ahead of his time too, I think. A he lot was. of that he was. was. And it was almost like Randy Moss was too. They were Randy Moss was way ahead of his time at wide receiver. Now you have that. You yeah. have the big freak who's there's the a lot of Randy Mosses out there yeah. now. But back in, you know, early two thousands, that sort of era, Randy Moss was going crazy. Yeah. And I still think he could the, fly the best receiver of all time. I still, who, who do you want to see on the thirty thirty? I'd like to see Jay Will. Me too. I'd really like who's it. Your, who'd be your favorite? I mean, the Rand University one with Randy Moss was really good. Um, I like the one with um, uh, Maurice Claret. I like that one. That, that one, was like that, one that was, was a hot one. Yeah, just because it was close to home, yeah. and then I found yeah. out what a mob town Youngstown is. Yeah. Wow. I've taken a deep dive into the mob since I left New York. I've oh, got infatuated with it. Youngstown is mob city. That's crazy. It is weird up there. Um, but yeah, Jay Will was, I don't know. Who do you, who's, who's your number one 30 for 30? Who, who you pick? Are you saying the one that you've seen or no, that no, you no, want who, to who see? Who do you want to see? That's a tough one. Cause there's just so many characters. Yeah. I mean, you know, what would be, what would be like in, in 20 years from now, like the whole Kyrie situation is crazy. Yeah. Um, out there. Dur- Durant's out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, LeBron's very uh, prevalent. And and so you already kind of have an kinda, idea. Yeah. His brand is right. already kind of made. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's there's some crazy weird dudes out there that are just great at sports, and you're just like, oh my god, like the the Ric Flair one. Rick I like Ric Flair. I mean, oh, so, so you're saying you're gonna spread it out? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, the Ric Flair he just wrestled his last match in Nashville. What you sent me the video? They were lined up outside, right? Yeah. In Nashville, so they had SummerSlam. The WWE SummerSlam was in Nashville last weekend, last How's Saturday, I believe. Handle? Yeah. What's Flair? Seventy one. Mm-hmm. He's seventy one years old. I thought he was my dad's age. I Do you he think he's taking any HGH? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's ever drank a beer? Not since breakfast. Do you think he's ever had intimate relations with a woman? <laughs> Maybe Holly Berry. Maybe. But yeah, he he went and wrestled his last match in Nashville Sunday after SummerSlam was Saturday. I think he was in that Sunday, and that's when you sent that video, and you said they were lining up outside, boys, and they had the, the yeah. line around the corner for that final match of his. And then I saw some pictures. I didn't watch it. But All right, so who's the gold bait, Jimmy? He's, which one? Who, who would you want to see a 30 for 30 on? I mean, like I said, Jason Williams would be great. I think I he was such a, an icon because he was white. Not just that it, and I'm not saying that he. I get that. I get that too. But he I was also, a he was an incredible basketball player. But he changed the game. I think a little <laughs> bit to almost what Steph Curry did. Nobody in the NBA was gonna pull up on a fast break, one on three, and jack up a thirty footer. But and Jason he couldn't was. even make. He wouldn't he even couldn't make. It. He wouldn't even make. No, it. He wasn't. But he would make one out of four. I think he was right in the middle of the the hot hot sauce culture. The, the N one thing. thing. Yep. And I think yeah. I think he was the fact that he was white doing all the N one stuff really made a lot of people like me and you take notice. 
because we were like, oh, and the, and the he's elbow playing, pass, he's playing the, like a fucking and the gangster game was yeah, the most incredible. You know, he's was, playing like a gangster. That was my number yeah. one regret was not going to Rucker Park whenever I was in New York. Oh, dude, oh, I've been there. I, I drove by. Yep, nice, nice. Professors our age. Out there, still doing. It. I watch him on YouTube. Still, still doing it on still YouTube. Doing Dude, it. watch his TikTok. He's doing it every day. Yeah, I no, watched. It's awesome. Uh, I went down a rabbit hole the other day and saw Kobe show up at Rucker for the tournament, and Kobe Bryant showed up and threw it. And that was probably. I mean, that was when him and Shaq were probably winning. Oh, Jimmy Dan, I forgot to tell you. There's a pro am in Nashville. They do it every year. Uh, Robert Covington, Darius Garland, they all showed up, and we went on Thursday, and they all showed up on Sunday, and we missed them. But it's free. It's literally at this high school that is in downtown nashville and it is free and they got the barker they got the guy on the mic they got the music and it's like darius a, garland is a dog yeah he's like a 90 million dollar point guard he's right now. awesome who's your 30 for 30 go that you want to see i don't know i mean nostalgia wants me to go back to like the weird uh, that run and the the bingles like like icky woods and that kind of that kind of stuff, I oh, was yeah? I always felt like I looked at them in a different light. Now, yeah. the older I get, you know, I kind of understand. Uh-huh. I understand shit more. Yeah. But back in those days, it was almost like a fantasy world. So, yeah. like, I would probably go back to where some of to that Icky? stuff to Icky and James Brown. Like, I wish I could do a thirty for thirty on those Bengals because I did, you know who mine is who Pete Rose. Oh yeah. I like that, why it. have they not done Why that? have they not done what That's a doing? brilliant one. I think because everybody already knows. <laughs> well, oh, jo- hey, John Daly. John Daly. John, John Daly's going to be. John Daly's, John Daly's like Waylon Jennings. He's more popular now than he ever was. Yeah. He's just so sloppy. He's, he's in Nashville. He's writing songs and stuff. I know. I know. Yeah. And it, uh, some of my people work. Like, hey, Angie Skinner that's been on the show. She's buddy of me and Chad's. Mike Skinner's her husband, yeah. the NASCAR racer. Yeah. We get, we get videos from him and uh, daily. Those guys play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he, this guy's, he likes to play. You know, he's, he's a G yeah, quarter. He's a, oh, he's a G quarter. <laughs> he's a G quarter. He goes that G to D. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he likes to hit you with a little bit of that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I appreciate it. You know, yeah. you can still write a song like that. Oh, absolutely. Jesus Christ. Hardy just put out a whole album of it. Mixed or Hicks tape was basically D and G. A little bit of E. Well, it's, it's D. It's all drop D. If you know Michael, it's all D. Drop it down. And that's literally every key that he writes every song in. Yeah. Yeah. So they might move it up and down a little bit, but his voice is in that range and he they, they just stay right there. And there's no reason for him to change uh-huh. it, obviously. Did I tell you give somebody my first guitar? No, you showed me, and he looked awesome on it. Yeah. He was happy, and he looked like he was. Yeah, he's working. He just play, he's he's got his song down. He's playing the God's Country for the Apple Festival. Hey, you you can't go into these songwriter festivals, and this is your one. This is your one year that you get to pass. Uh-huh. You're essentially playing covers. Where? At the songwriter festival. Nah, I'll have I'll have my own. Okay. Yeah, I have my own. I got, I got a few. How many do you need? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get through. I mean, however many it takes. Okay, I love that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, however many we need. I mean, you know, I, you know, I always had like I had that Taco Bell song, and I mean, I've got I've got that song about you know I've, I've got everybody loves a novelty song. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've 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 got enough. Yeah, that I could pull out. It's tough, man. We got to get it something going. We got to get. Uh, we got to. We're going to do this, and we. <sighs> 
we we have to really really do it. That there's a there's a call for it. There people would love it. It would, oh. be, it would be good for me. We're gonna. Oh no, you're talking about that. I thought you were like t- telling me how many uh, that one that I got to do. But you're talking about that one that you want to do. Yeah, I'm saying that we we have an opportunity to have a really cool thing that oh, could, yeah. la- could last. I told for you ten- the other day. All I need to do is that you, you just need to send me a date. We need a we need a venue. Oh, I can I can handle that. Yeah. You say what? I can handle that. But I mean, we need a really really nice. That's fine. Like a, a like a beautiful venue. I got one. And we can move it. It could yeah, be different every yeah, year. Every year, I got I got the first one. I think at Jackson Lake is pretty tight. I got another lake. Huh? I got I got a lake. Yeah. Hammertown. No. Catherine. No. Where? I can't tell you. I'm not going to tell well, you. How many that. other lakes we got yeah, around there's here? There's Vesuvius. Vesuvius. I'm just saying. I mean, we're we're going to do that again. That was a blast. I love that. What I'm saying is, we're gonna I'm gonna bring people from Nashville, and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do a writers round, and we're gonna turn it into something that's that can make, uh, it can bring a lot of joy to a lot of people. Absolutely, yeah. No, no, that was a good time. You weren't there. You didn't come to that. No. Well, we're gonna do it. Stay tuned. What else we got, boys? We've been at about two hours. No way. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's been the longest one we've done in a while. I've I've been on here. Jimmy Dan needs to tell you about his thrifting because he has an incredible story about a find that he had just recently, and it blows my mind. Close us out, Jimmy. Well, went to a spot. uh, You're not going to say what it is. No, absolutely not. See, I can't tell you about Lake. He can't tell you his spot. Do you want to tell me about your honey holes? Yeah. Where are you finding all your mushrooms at? I would. Google Maps. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Yeah. You, you come to Nashville and I will show you. Well, I'm sure you would. None of you guys are going to come to Nashville. Like, nobody listening to this is going to come to Nashville and hit hit my mushroom spot. <laughs> but I definitely, like... 38 I, degrees west. Hey, I got, I got a mushroom in the fridge I need to show you. What? I got what? a mushroom in the fridge I need to show you. All right. Yeah. I got a mushroom in my pants. <laughs> no, um, I went... To a we'll just we'll just call it a Pokemon store. Okay. They were selling cards. You know, I go in there and I buy baseball cards, basketball cards, and stuff. And I I see this racket. All right, team. now wait, 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 wait. You go in this Pokemon store, right? Where is this? I'm not going to tell. <laughs> you. Exactly. We okay. just talked about okay. that. Okay, okay. Is this in a mall? Um, it's in southeastern Ohio. It's in a town that has a football team. We'll say that. Okay. And it's a Pokemon store. Uh, it's like a comic book Pokemon store, yeah. Okay. All right, so I go in because my kids are like, Dad, Dad, there's a Pokemon store. Let's go in. And I'm like, yeah, because they're, you know, they collect cards, and, you know, I buy um, baseball and football cards yeah. and basketball cards still. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's go in. We go in, we're looking around, and there's, a, you know, it's just your typical um, thrift store. I, I don't want to I, I offend anybody, but it's a geek shop. It's you know, brand by. yeah, nerd nerd stuff. N- nerd store, and uh, you know they got throwing knives in there, and they got katana swords, and you know the guys yeah showing me his predator movie replica weapons. You know yeah. he's like, this is from the predator, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, put that thing away for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're worried he's may yeah, have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> There's always those guys with a touch of a problem. Yeah, I'm like, hey, my kids are in here. And <laughs> you then, don't know whether I'm say hi. Yeah, my kids are pretty. Yourself. My kids are pretty well behaved, and they're just kind of walking around, yeah. and you know they'll pick something up. He's like, put that down. Is he a sorcerer? Yeah, is like, he Oz? Hey, don't is touch he Oz? anything. Yeah. And he's you know he's like, we got magic. The gap. How do he walk? Magic the gap. 
gathering cards over here. You know, this is a oh, that's mad, that's a big deal. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. a lot of adults that mess with that stuff. Oh, it's crazy. And he's like, "This is a Magic 1600. I pulled this the other day. It's a four thousand dollar <laughs> card." And I'm like, "Great, man. I don't know what it is, but cool." Um, so you know, we're looking around again. We go over there, and my my son finds like a hand grenade, and it's you know, you push this button, and a knife freaking pops out. And I'm like, "Put that down! <laughs> Stop!" That guy's like, he's taking it behind and putting the glass counter. And I'm like, "Do you got any, like you know, you got any soccer cards here?" And he's like, "Yeah, around back around the you know this the staircase here because my kids are into soccer now." And I'm like, "You know, some Premier League, not this MLF stuff or MLS stuff from." Uh, America, you know, you got some Lionel Messi's or some uh, Christian Ronaldo's. And we go back there, and I'm like, oh, there's a T-shirt rack there. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, everything on this rack. He's like, you can pick five or six of them for 10 bucks. And I'm like, okay. And I start looking through. <laughs> I'm like, this can't be real. What How did it? you know that, though? How did you? That's what I want to know. Like, you were you were savvy enough to know that these things were pretty I've good. I've been in the vintage game for you know four or five years so i know what sells in their marvel their comic book t-shirts you know you're talking spider-man x-men uh right you know lots Bat of Bat Bat my roommate is a big marvel dork right self-admitted if you know anything about that game it is extremely profitable and extremely collectible yeah um we all know comic books are crazy yeah yeah, expensive. So I'm looking and I'm like, man, these aren't even worn. No one's ever even tried this T-shirt on. Are you I'm, thinking it's? Are you thinking, thinking it's a it's remake? Yeah, it's I'm a remake. It's a reprint. Yes, I'm thinking it's a reprint. So I go and I grab, I scoop like six of them off the rack, and I'm looking. I'm like, man, these things. The how tag, much were they? The tag and the stitch. Well, he told me, like, you know, like you know, two for you know two dollars or whatever you know yeah. five for ten you know six for twelve whatever i'm like okay um i'm looking at the stitching i'm like man this looks legit and i'm looking at the tags and i'm like it's fruit of a loom made in the usa you know yeah. it's not overseas i'm like oh, this can't be real so i take like five or six of them buy them uh and leave and go home and i i do my research and i i start looking i'm like this is real and it's 1995 96 marvel comic t-shirts and again to us it's it, it is a crazy world and to it's us it rare. seems it's it is extremely rare um so back then they had these t-shirts called comic images from marvel so what they did in the mid 90s back when we were in high school or junior high um they would take covers of comic books okay and, and, they, out of them. and make shirts out of them yeah but they would do like a cross comic thing so where spider-man is with x-men and, you know, the Beast is with Wolverine and these sort of things on these comic books from the 90s. And I'm like, no way. And I started looking on eBay. I mean, it's $400, $1,200, $1,800. And I'm like, no. Post one on Instagram. And I'm like, we're going to test this. So I go to um, Winston-Salem, North Carolina with my mom that weekend. And Nod uh, to the hat. Nod to the hat. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the smoothest nod <laughs> right there. And I she's driving down, I'm posting this stuff on, on my Instagram. Just just a regular post. Just yeah. thinking what's Putting going on. there I put this Nightcrawler X-Men 19 Not a price, just threw it up. 1995 Marvel Comic Images Nightcrawler shirt, size extra large, never been worn. Tag. 
tags, dead stock, which dead stock means it's never been tried on, never been worn. There's just not a, you know, not a label on or anything. Never be made again. Right. And I'm like, okay, so I post this. Literally, by the time we get down to our hotel, I've got 46 to 50 DMs. And these people are going crazy. And like, how much? I'll give you a thousand right now. Eight hundred. Buy it now. Did you sell it? And I'm like, this is insane. I'm going to see Paul McCartney with my mom, and I'm trying to respond. You just paid for that ticket. Yeah, and I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. respond to all these people, and I'm like, uh, no, I got an out. Uh, I got an offer for a thousand. The guy's like, well, I'll give you eleven hundred. And then the guy's like, well, I'll give you twelve hundred. And I'm like, okay. So we just keep going back and forth. And by that night, before we walked in the concert, which started at like eight o'clock, I had sold it for twelve hundred dollars and had four or five other text messages from people. Bought it for two dollars. Bought it for two dollars. Four or five other people like, do you have any more? I who did you sell it to? I'll buy it for two grand. And I was like, I can't give you that information. I feel wrong doing that. But at the same time, I wish I would have kept it. So I go back and I go through all these shirts. And I mean, I paid two to three dollars per shirt and. I've not sold one for less than $160. Honey hole. Yeah. So I come back that weekend from the Paul McCartney concert. I'm like, kids, get in the car. We're going back. (laughs) We're going back to the shop. I walk in. The guy's like, hey, what are you looking for? And I just round the corner. And I grab the whole. The back of your store. I (laughs) I grab the whole scoop of clothes, throw them on the counter. And he's like. You want to do a deal for him on? I was like, yeah, yeah, hook me up with a deal, man. I'm like, can you give me some percentage off of yeah. buying all these? He's like, who are you buying these for? And I'm like, oh, I just, I was like, I love comics, you know, and my brother in law, you know, and get him one, scoop them all up. And yeah, it just goes on and on. And it, it turned into <laughs> whatever percentage that was increase, it was incredible. So you got you got forty bucks in all these things. Maybe. Maybe. And what's the where where are you at total now? Six, seven uh, thousand. Well, with the one before the show started, the two Because um, you, uh, you you didn't make a thousand on these after you no, but you're was, still making a hundred and two hundred dollars on these. Yeah, there was the the big one was the one I was telling you about was around twelve hundred. And then it went to like one was like eight hundred and five hundred, and the rest have been around two hundred to one hundred. So how much you made total on these shirts? Yeah, uh, like six, seven grand. You got forty bucks in all of them. Yeah, and that's pretty good turnaround. That's pretty good turnaround on your money. Took that money and went to Vegas with it, obviously a little bit. Hell yeah! Um, to play with our friend who went out there and played in the World Series of Poker. But it was crazy that, that just to go to – it was actually where my son's soccer practice was, and I dropped him off at soccer practice, and then my other son was with me. And I was like, you know, you want to go to the dairy bar? You want to go to the ice cream? And he was like, no, I'll look there, Dad. And I was like, okay. And we went in, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I didn't believe it was real at first. And but, but just being in the game that long, like, I would have never known that had I not – Experience, yeah, experience, and you find that out, and you look at the tags, you look at the stitching, you look at the prints, and you look at the dates, and a lot of different things make you like kind of second guess yourself. But then you know it works out, and it. Well, if you think about the risk, the risk is that you lose two dollars, so you might as well just grab it, right? And you know it's the same thing when you go to yard sale or anything else, and you pick up a a t shirt and it's a quarter, and then you sell it for fifty bucks. Yeah, if you like it. If you like it, then you already made your money. Right. And it, it, it just, like you said, there's just money anywhere you can be made. Well, you don't jump in the game 
and you sell, or you don't jump in a game and have 19,000 people sing your song in unison in every city in the United States. It takes time. And you don't jump in the game and buy $40 worth of t-shirts and sell them for (laughs) 7,000. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. I mean, you better stick around. Hey, put your time in. You got to put your time in. And do what you love. You know, I tell you, that's the number one thing I've even learned with these podcasts is, you know, people, people's like, oh my God, you guys trying to be like Rogan? Listen, Rogan's been doing this for 11 years, boys. Yeah, he's the godfather. I know he says it's somebody else, but he's the pod, yeah. he's the podfather he, to me. Right. Yeah, he he's our generation's podfather. Yeah. I, I get I get the homage he's he's given that guy, but you know, um, I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's been doing it since 2008. I mean, you weren't even thinking about podcasts in 2008. You no. still rapping to Nelly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, you didn't even know Kevin Gates was a seventh grader. Yeah, you know, stay hot, stay hot. I mean, hey, I will say this: uh, so the, this is Jimmy Dan's fifth ish time. This is my third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you get better every time. Really? It's uh, yeah, every time. It is. It is a. I, a a lot of it is just personality. It's innate, I think. You know, but um, you're you're listening. And bit, you're asking yeah. him better questions, and uh, every time that I come here, I have a better time. Well, thank you. Well, so, uh, yeah. well, cheers. You're doing cheers. it. You guys have been with us since the beginning. Nick's been with me since the uh, Idol. Stop oh, hell yeah. Idol. Remember when I got up there and I played those songs and I was nervous? <laughs> Nobody even knew. They didn't care. <laughs> they, they didn't care a bit. They were just like, I hope Jimmy wins. Yeah. You know? Not listen to anything. Go sing Fancy Don't Let Me Down. And, yeah. You know? But boys, I appreciate you coming on all the time. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah. Hell. Thanksgiving. We'll see you in seven months. Yeah. We'll see you in seven, seven months. months. All right. Cheers. See Cheers. You.